this morning turn with us to the book of Luke hallelujah thank you buddy amen you know the most wonderful thing about love is it has its own language Sometimes when English and Spanish and French and all those languages are not good enough, love has its own language. And sometimes you don't even have to say a word. It just, it's just unspoken. Hallelujah. Do you remember the day that he found you? Amen. A place that are in Jonesboro where I gave my heart to the Lord and I used to come in from meetings sometimes. I'd get a little tired and I called it the home place. I used to say, you know, I think I'll go by the old home place and see where I met the Lord. And I'd just drive into that parking lot and just sit there in the old building. It was no antique store at that time. And, and I got busy and it'd been a couple of years and I was out towards Jonesboro. And I said, you know, I think I'll go by the old home place. And I went down there and Pulled in and it was gone. The old building, they'd put up a big food city shopping place and the parking lot was paved and kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. But then I thought, you know, that's right. They can change the building. They can change the landscape. But they can never take out of my heart what the Lord did for me there that day. Amen. Luke 17. We'll start reading at verse 11. 
Amen. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were leopards, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, Were there, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto them, or he said unto him, Arise and go thy way. Thy faith have made thee whole. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you today. We're just so grateful, Lord, in our hearts for all that you've done for us, Lord. And we pray, dear God, may there be such an atmosphere created by your word this morning that there not be a feeble one among us when we leave the building. Lord, that there would be no hard feelings or grudges or things, Lord, that hinders our walks. But that your love, Lord, would just flow from one to the other as we realize, dear God, that we are your body represented on the earth. Bless your children today, Lord, those that are traveling on the highways, those going home after the services today, be with them, Lord, we pray. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. And the bride says, Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want to speak to you for a few minutes this morning on give him thanks. You know, at the end of the service last night, I just got to thanking God for his goodness. I just got to thanking God for his mercy and for his grace. And then on the way home, I was thinking, am I really thankful enough? I got to looking around at all that I have. And I got to looking around at all that what God's done for me. And I got to thinking about this church and the people we get to serve God together. And I got to thinking about these things that I thought, do I really express it enough? And so I just want to come to the pulpit this morning. This ain't no deep, mysterious message that you have to put on your spiritual thinking cap. But I just wanted to take a few minutes this morning to come to this pulpit to say to my God, thank you. I just want to give him thanks. The Bible says in Psalm 69, verse 30, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. So I want to magnify his name today with thanksgiving. 
I want to lift my voice up in the midst of the congregation and say thanks. I want to thank you for his goodness. I want to thank you for his faithfulness. I want to thank you for his mercy. And I realize this morning, there's not enough time. There's not enough days. There's not enough years that we can really take that time to really thank him for everything that he's done for us. We can spend from here to eternity, one at a time, just thanking God for what he's done for us. And we can never thank him enough. And there's so many things to be thankful for that you can never exhaust this subject. But I want to take just a few minutes this morning and I pick just a few things that I'm thankful for. You see, in our scripture reading this morning, we find that our Lord had come into this village. And as he enters into the village, there are these ten leopards standing afar off. Now they were marked men. To be a leopard was to be an outcast. To be a leopard was to be rejected. A leopard was a death sentence. Separation from family. Separation from friends. Separation from the village. To be a leopard was to be shunned. People ran from you. Nobody wanted to be around you. Even when they went into the village, they was required by the law to cry out, unclean, unclean, to give everybody a notice, stay away from me. That's who these ten men were. So they were, the Bible said they were standing afar off because of their condition. But I am so glad when others would shut us when they say that we're a hopeless case, when they say we're too far gone, I am so glad this morning. I am so thankful this morning that we have a God, amen, who will come to us, who will stand still for us when we cry out for help, when we cry out for deliverance, when we cry out for restoration, regardless of our situation, he will hear our hearts cry. That may not mean much to you, but it means a lot to someone that was a drug addict, to someone that was a prostitute, to someone that was shunned and looked down upon, to know that our God cares regardless of the condition he finds us in. Amen. People hold grudges against you for years. But he doesn't. Amen. So he tells them. They cry out, Master, have mercy on us. And he tells them, go show yourself to the priest. Show thyself clean. Now he was telling them to fulfill the law of leprosy according to Leviticus chapter 13. That they were to go to the priest and the priest would examine them and declare you're clean. So as they went along their way, all at once, they became clean. The leprosy left them. And when they saw, they were clean. Can you imagine the joy? <laughs> 
Can you imagine how they must have felt? No more rejection. No more separation. Restored back to the community. Restored back to their families. They can hug their wife again. They can, they can hug their children again. Can you imagine what it would be like? That the great miracle would be done to you. How could you contain your joy? And when the Samaritans saw that he was cleansed, I don't know what the other nine, I don't know where they went, I don't know what they did. But I do know this one that was healed, when he realized he was free, the Bible said he began with a loud voice to praise God. The Bible said he fell down on his feet, he fell down at the feet of Jesus and began to thank him. You can see this man's desire to thank the man who healed him. A man that stood afar off, a man that was shunned, but he ran right to where Jesus was and fell down at his feet and began to worship him and praise him and thank him. And Jesus said, were they not ten? Where are the other nine? Was there not ten? Then where is the other nine? They were cleansed just like this man was cleansed. They experienced the same miracle. They had their hour of visitation. Where? Was there not 10? Where is the other nine? Now, did they lose their healing? Did they lose their healing because that they didn't come back and say thanks? No, they were still healed. He never took their healing away from him. But the Bible says in Luke 6, 35, for he is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. Even though they would not give him thanks, yet he still pronounced the blessing. For he is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. Friends, we know that's the truth. Look at our community. And yet they still prosper. Why? Because he's kind to the unthankful and to the evil. There was ten healed, but only one turned back to say thank you. Where was the gratitude of the other nine? If that's not the attitude of this nation today, unthankful, ungrateful, that's about right, about one out of ten. But it's the hour we're living in. Second Timothy 3 says, Know this also in the last days, perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own self, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. That's the hour that we're living in. A generation of unthankful people. You go out and eat today, just look around the restaurant and see how many people bow their head and thank God for their food. The prophet said that when you sit down at the table, never eat without thanking him for it. 
I see many people call themselves Christians that never return thanks. It's just as illiterate as a hog under an apple tree. A hog can sit under an apple tree and the apples will beat them on the head all day long and he'll eat those apples till he can't grunt no more hardly. But he will never look up to see where they're coming from. That's exactly right. That's the exact truth. People are just so unthankful. But I say this morning, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be ungrateful. I don't want to be unthankful. I don't want his blessings to become common to me. That we take some granted. Oh, friends, I would to God. I would to God sometimes. You could go where I go to minister. We've got so much to be thankful for. Never take it for granted. Never find an excuse to miss church. Do that. Do not take for granted. Do not be ungrateful. Unthankful. Amen. God has given to us by His grace, unmerited grace. Because if all of us got what we deserved, we wouldn't even be here this morning. Amen. Preach. Thank you. Believe it will. I don't want it to become common, Brother Terry. I don't want the revelations to become common. Well, I've heard that. I, I've heard it. Yeah. Brother Donnie, I don't want that. But let it be fresh. Every time I hear it, though I've just heard it, let it be fresh again. Amen. Hebrews 13, 15 says, By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So I want to come and take just a few minutes to thank him. To thank him. I want to thank him for his salvation. The Bible says in Romans 5, 8, but God commandeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait till we got perfect. While we were yet rotten, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. While I was yet a sinner, he sought me out. Just like he did you, just like he did his first son, Adam. In the Garden of Eden, when God had his holiness and true to his word, when Adam and Eve had done evil, God himself, God himself, it wasn't Adam looking for God. Adam hid. He tried to make himself a man-made religion and hide behind the religion. It wasn't Adam looking for God. I seen God. I seen God. No, he was hiding just like we try to do. So it wasn't Adam that come running through the garden looking for God. It was God who came running through the garden crying, Adam, Adam, where are you, Adam? If anybody wants to know who Jesus is, 
People preach two lords and all this nonsense. People want to know who Jesus is. I ask you this morning, who come looking for the first lost son? Did God send an angel? No, sir. It was God himself. Then don't you see who Jesus is? He come looking for me. It was God manifested in the flesh. Amen. Come hunting for his first lost son. He came himself. It was God saying, Adam, Adam, where art thou? No man ever sought God. It's always God seeking man. He said, no man can come to me except my father draws him first. I shall call them. Isaiah 62, 12 said, they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. Anybody here like that this morning? Anybody here the redeemed of the Lord? And they shall be called, sought out. We shall be known as a people who are sought out. The sought out people. Who's looking for us? God came looking for me. I want to thank you for coming. I want to thank you for seeking me out. When I was lost. When I was separated from God. God came looking for me. He come looking for you. He found many of you on a bar stool. Some of you in drug houses. Some of you, oh God, where did he find us? But he found us. He found us. I want to thank him for coming. I want to thank him for seeking me out. On December the 21st, 1981, at 2 p.m. in the afternoon in Jonesburg, Tennessee, I want to thank God that he came looking for me. Do you remember your date? Do you remember your hour? Do you remember your time? That God spoke to you. Hallelujah. I want to thank him for his ability to remember. I know it's a little bit different than what you thought it would be. But I want to thank him for his ability to remember. Jeremiah 2, 1 says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Go and cry into the ears of Jerusalem and say, Thus saith the Lord, I remember thee. The ever remembering God, the prophet said in the seventh seal. Oh, in the seventh seal, the prophet says the ever remembering God remembers every promise of his word. He said, oh, I'd like to preach on that. I am. Amen. Amen. He said, God does not forget nothing, though it looks like. Though it looks like sometimes that he does. He told Moses, Israel had been down there 400 years. They had to go up. The time was at hand. He told Abraham, thy seed would sojourn in a strange land for 400 years, but God would bring them out. He said, I will bring them out with a mighty hand. Amen. Go with me for just a few minutes to the mud pits of Egypt. To hear the cries of the people who had been placed into bondage. These were God's children. He told Moses, go tell Pharaoh, thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son. They are my inheritance. Good. I can see an old man stopping the straw into the mud to make bricks 
for Pharaoh's cities. Seems like he can just hardly make another stomp. He can hardly raise his foot another time. You hear the crack of a whip and the cry as it strikes his back. Work, you dog, or today you will die in the pits. I hear someone, I hear someone over here, they yell, take courage, old man. God said he would deliver us. Someone else yells, how much longer are we going to hear that? I ain't seen no deliverer around here. Nothing ever changes. Someone else yells, God will remember. He will remember his promise. And so the cries go up from the mud pits. And now I hear a different cry. It is the cry of a baby. And someone says it's a boy, a Hebrew male child with certain death. But how this mother knew there was something different about this child. Perhaps it was the light that come in the room when he was born. And she tried to hide him. But when she could hide him no more, she knew that God had delivered Noah by an ark. So she built an ark for her baby and placed him into the river. And the hand of God guided that ark right into Pharaoh's house. And Pharaoh called for his own mother to come and nurse him. What was it? It was God's promise becoming unveiled it was God's promise unfolding and now after this miraculous event 40 years went by after that 40 more years we go back to the mud pits and the cries continue take courage brothers Remember the promise of God. Where is the promise of our deliverance? Another says, maybe, maybe he meant spiritual. Maybe we're already delivered. Listen to me, friends. When God makes a promise, we don't need to cut it up. We don't need to squeeze it up to make it fit. We don't need to interpret ourselves. God don't need my help interpreting his word. God can keep the promises that he makes. He's just looking for somebody who will believe him. One of my favorite scenes in the Ten Commandments is that old man down there in the mud pits. And they throw, you know, and stab him and he's dying. And Moses is down there. And Moses runs into the pit. And the old man falls into his arms. And he says something easy, old man. And the old man says something like, I'm not afraid of dying. He said, but there's one thing I do regret. That my eyes, I have longed that my eyes would see the deliverer. And the very deliverer he sought to see was holding him in his arms. And sometimes we think, oh, if I could only have healing, if I could only have joy. I'm trying to tell you this morning, you've already got it. The things that we desire has already been provided for us. Hallelujah. Amen. The ever-remembering God remembers every promise of his word. I've remembered my promise, he says to Moses. I've come down to make good on what I've said. God doesn't forget. He doesn't forget his curses, neither does he forget his blessings. But every promise that he made, he stays with it. 
the ever remembering God remembers every promise of his word. He never forgets a promise. No matter how long it seems. Time. Time has nothing to do with God's promise. He said, I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. He just didn't say when. So I want to say this morning, thank you, Lord, for remembering your promises. You see, there are things that God remembers and can't forget, like his promises. And there are things that God forgets and he can't remember. So I want to thank him this morning because he can forget. If we have confessed and we've been in his presence and we've confessed our sins, they are blotted out of the book of his memory. There's nobody but God could do that. Now you can do anything to me, I'll forgive you, but I'll remember. If I do anything to you, you'd forgive me, but you remember it. But God, he can forgive and forget. Think of that. He doesn't even remember it. Oh my God. That ought to make some of us shout some of the things we done. I said that ought to make some of us shout what some of the things we done. Some of the things I still remember in my mind. Sometimes I lay at night and I still remember the things I've done when I was crazy. But I am so glad I may remember it. But my God does not remember it. It makes me feel good, the prophet said. It makes me feel good too when it's not even remembered anymore. Nothing can do that but God. Nothing but God can do that. He said, he said he would blot it out of his book of memory. I can't do it. You can't do it because we've got finite senses. But he's infinite God. He can absolutely forget that it was ever done. But I've got so much to thank him for. God puts our sins in the sea of forgetfulness and blots them out. And they're there as if they never did happen. Oh my. Then we stand by the grace of God through Jesus Christ our Lord, pure and holy. Just as holy as he was. You know, it always amazes me how if people do something against you, they want you to forgive them. But if you hurt their feelings, they'll hold it for years. That ain't fair. I said, that ain't fair. Play fair. <laughs> well, you, nobody's, ever, nobody's ever hurt you. <laughs> Are you kidding? I could tell you some things. It's rough to be a young preacher. Of course, that's a long time ago. <laughs> Through Jesus Christ, pure and holy, just as holy as he was. Because he doesn't see me. When I come up there, he sees his own son. The only way he can see, he can't see me because I'm in his son. Yes, sir. He only sees his son. Isn't that wonderful? We don't have to think about our sins anymore. It's all gone. It's under the blood. Yes, sir. We don't have to worry about it anymore. It's all out. It's out of God's memory. Come on. 
he doesn't even remember it anymore. So I want to thank God that he can remember and that he can forget. As a sister told me one time when she was a young girl, she was smoking cigarettes. And she was down in the meetings in Shreveport. And she was out a teenager, been sneaking out behind the barn smoking. The pastor didn't know it. Mom and daddy didn't know it. Brother and sister didn't know it. And she said, I was on the platform about three behind who Brother Brennan was praying for. And Brother Brennan calls this man out and says, you have a pack of cigarettes in your pocket right now or something like that. And she said, when he said that, I knew that he would know I've been smoking. And when I stood before that prophet, he's going to tell my pastor, he's going to tell my mama, he's going to tell my daddy, he's going to tell my friends that I've been smoking behind the barn. Because he knows exactly where you lit it up. Oh. And she said, I stood there and I said, God, forgive me. Forgive me for that. And she said, when I stood before the prophet, he never even mentioned it. You know why? You know why he didn't mention it? Because he couldn't see it. Do you know why he couldn't see it? Because God had dropped it in the sea of his forgetfulness. Never to be remembered no more. You know how long it takes God to forgive you? As long as it takes you to ask. He doesn't see it no more. It is out of his memory. I am so thankful our sins are gone. Never to be remembered against us anymore. We stand justified as though we never done it. I don't know about you, but I'd like to say thank you, Lord. I want to thank the Lord for being my healer. You said, but Brother Darrell, you're having all kinds of trouble with your back. You're having all kinds of trouble. You can't hardly get out of bed in the morning. That's true. I could hardly get out of bed this morning. I could hardly get my legs to work. But you know what? I'm still healed. That's got nothing to do with it. He is my healer. Amen. Psalms 103, a psalm of David, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. How much? All thy diseases. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Peter said in 1 Peter 2, 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by his stripes. Ye were healed. Isaiah 53, 4, surely he hath borne our grief and carried our sorrows. That grief, you know what that word means? He hath borne our grief. It means, if the translation means, he hath borne our diseases. He carried your sickness to Calvary 
and crucified it. He bore my infirmities. He bore my diseases. And he carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. As a brother sent me a text the other day. Talking about the two lords. He said Jesus never healed nobody. I said, I guess he wished he'd known that before he took the whipping. The Bible said by his stripes we're healed. That's good enough for me. Isaiah 50, verse 6. I gave my back to the smiters. They didn't do it. They didn't force it upon him. They didn't make him do it. He said, I, I gave my back to the smiters. Oh God, think of what that says there. They didn't force him to do it. He wasn't a prisoner against his will. No, sir. He said, I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from the shame and from their spit. You know good and well, if somebody come up and try to spit in your face this morning, you'd jump, dodge, and everything else. You know you would. Ain't nobody going to stand there and let somebody spit in their face. But he said, I hid not my face. When they spit upon him, he didn't even flinch. Why? Because the word said he wouldn't. I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from the shame and from the spitting. They took him from Pilate's hall, tied him to a whipping post, and they began to beat my Lord stripe after stripe after stripe. But the Bible says that for the joy set before him, He endured the cross. What was on his mind? What was he thinking? While they were whipping him at the whipping post. He started up Calvary. They threw him down. They drove the nails into his hands and into his feet. What was he thinking? That day at Calvary when they crucified him. What was he thinking when they was beating him? What was he thinking when they was nailing his hands to the tree? What was he thinking when they raised it into the air and dropped it into the ground and all these bones come out of joy? What was he thinking? The Bible says for the joy. What joy is there in a beating? What joy is there in a crucifixion? But you see, he looked forward in time. He saw you well. He saw you happy. He saw you free. He saw you sitting in church. He saw you praising God. He saw you standing to your feet. He saw you loving him. He saw you changed. He saw you healed. He saw you delivered. He saw you free. And for that joy for that joy of seeing me well. He took the stripes upon his back and I say thank you Lord. <laughs> thank you Lord. 
spend the rest of the day just one after the other after the other but in just a few for revelation what a blessed people we are for our eyes see and our ears hear hallelujah hallelujah not a burden for you sisters to wear dresses it shows you've been revelated you don't have to try to act like the world or dress like the world or see how tight they can get like the world we've been revelated we've been revelated we know what it takes to please him we please God by keeping his word and the Bible said Enoch was not because he had this testimony before his translation he pleased God and the prophet said we please God by keeping his words brother Brandon says I'm very very thankful for what he's done for us the great mysterious hand of the living God what greater thing could be how much more a privileged people could we be than to have in our presence the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords we would probably uh, blow whistles and the host of flags and lay out carpet and everything for the president of the nation to come to this city but just think that would be all right that would be an honor The President of the United States, it's a shame people don't respect the office no more. There's a lot of them I didn't agree with, but I didn't disrespect the office. Amen. It would be an honor. It would it'd be an honor to me. I don't care. I mean, I don't even agree with the man, but if the President of the United States come to my house, I guarantee I'd text somebody. Well, I would anyway. <laughs> well, I would when the Secret Service gave me my phone back. <laughs> it would be an honor for the president to come to our city, to come to your home. But think, the prophet said, think in our little humble tabernacle. We're inviting the King of Kings. And God, listen. And God doesn't desire carpets to be rolled out. That's not what he desires. He desires humble hearts. He doesn't 
doesn't want us to lay out carpet and put up fresh flowers and put out banners. But he wants us to lay out our humble hearts. So that he might take our humble hearts and reveal to them the good things that he has in store for those who love him. To think, to think that the ministry that God has brought into this pulpit, Brother Terry and Brother West and Brother Joe, different ones in the visiting ministry, Brother Matt, the different ones that come through here, Brother Donnie, my God, what a wonderful man of God our pastor is. <laughs> and to think that he brought this to us that he can bring us to a place that he can gather us unto himself that he can open up the treasures of his mysteries and share with us what he had in his mind before there was ever a world that he's finally got a people who can understand him So much more, friends. We can thank you for the promise of the Elijah ministry. We can thank you for friends and family. Thanksgiving, we just come through Thanksgiving, had food on our table, a nice car to go back to our home. We can thank you for these things. We feel closer, I do, I feel closer to people in this church than I do my own blood. Because we are a family, the family of God. And there's people here, there's many people here that you're the only one in your whole family that even serves God. But he's not left us alone. Look at the family he's gave us. Friends and brothers and sisters to help us in our need. When we bear our loved ones, when we're sick, people, you get a card in the mail, you get a text. Thank God for people like you. I could never thank you enough. When we went through that with Brother Homer and Rachel being killed and Jessica being hurt and all that you've done for us, I could never thank you enough. I have never, God is my witness, I have never forgot what you did for me. We can thank God this morning that we have an assembly that the King of Kings can come into and break to us the bread of life, precious words of life. Thank Him for a fivefold ministry that they're trying so hard to silence. But men of God who, under the inspiration of God, Brother Louis opened the service this morning with that song of thank you. I never called Brother Louie and told him to open that service with that song this morning. Brother Louie didn't even know what I was preaching. I didn't even know myself exactly what I was preaching. I even told Brother Jim the wrong title. I had to call him back and change the title. But God knew. What was he doing? Creating an atmosphere for the word to come forth in. Because eagles are hatched out in the right atmosphere. That's the love of our Father. That's our Father. Thank Him for a fivefold ministry. Thank you for song leaders. Thank Him. Thank you for men and sisters who can feel led to sing a special. And it goes right with the service. And they didn't even know what the man was preaching. It's because God is a great conductor. And He orchestrates. 
the great symphony of his family. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh my, the blessings of God. Where, where do you stop, friends? You can't stop. We could be here for eternity. And I could sit down, Brother Terry could get up, and he sat down, Brother West get up, and, and then sit down, and then you get up, and then you sit down, and then your wife gets up, and on and on and on and on to thank him for what he's done for us. Amen. But I want to look at just one more before we close. I kept you a little bit long last night. I'll try to be shorter today. But I want to thank the Lord this morning for hearing my prayers. He hears our prayer. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call unto me and I will answer thee. 1 John 5, 14 says this, And in this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask him anything according to his will, he heareth us. Listen, I realize I'm the weakest prayer person in this building. I hear some of these brothers pray. I think, oh my, if I could pray like Brother Terry and some of these other brothers. But you see, whatever, it just gives me such comfort to know that I may be, sometimes I don't even know what to say. But it doesn't matter. Because sometimes God doesn't even hear the words. He just sees the sincerity of your heart. And there's a media time that I have got down. God knows it's the truth. I've got down in my closet. Or I've sat on a red light and I've just started saying A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Because I didn't know exactly what to say. So I just said the alphabet. Because I know my God's able to take the letters and put it together. What my heart is trying to say. If I could, God knows, I would go this morning to Brother Daniel. I love Brother Daniel Nunley. I've known Brother Daniel since I was a little boy. Him and Sister Linda come to my house when they were dating. That's how long I've known Brother Daniel. And if I could, God knows, I would go right now and fix the brother. But I can't. I don't know how to fix him. But there's one thing I can do. I can pray to the one who knows how. If we ask according to his will, he hears us. So I just took a few. And I know I dealt with this the last time we preached, I think, but I just want to do it again. I just want to take a few. There's just so many. And show you, according to the message of the hour, that we believe that God hears us. Her prayers. Greater than Solomon is here. Little woman sitting right on the end are suffering with nervousness. Praying in her heart. Praying in her heart. Praying in her heart. God let him call me. That's right, lady. You with your handkerchief up. If that's what you was praying, wave your hand like this. He heard your prayer. Praying in her heart. He heard your prayer. The little lady with the white collar on. Thus saith the Lord. 
Go home. Your faith has made you well. Sir, he heard you. He heard your prayer. Justin, yeah, he really heard it. He heard your prayer, Justin, yeah, he really heard it. Hand over your face, sitting back there at the gray pseudo. You're all thrilled about something, but you have arthritis, that's right. You were praying about it, then you said, Lord, let him speak to me. I see you have stomach trouble, too. Wasn't praying for his stomach, he was praying for arthritis. But when he contacted God through the prophet, God said, and also, you've got stomach trouble. Oh, God. You got stomach trouble, too, you've been bothered with. That's right, sir. I see a woman standing by you, a gray-headed, wearing glasses. She's just been healed. She's just been healed. It's your wife is in the meeting. That's right. Now go home. Your arthritis is finished. Your faith has saved you, my brother. Book of Exodus. Dad, sitting there with your hand down praying right on the end of the row there. Yeah, he heard you. You were praying. I heard your prayer. You were silently praying, but he let me know your prayer. Oh, God. You said, Lord, let him call me next. Let this be my time. Not a thee, not a thou. He just said, Lord, let this be my time. Lord, let me, let me be next. I'm not a smart man. I can't say big fancy words. I promise you right now, you do not want me to write your essay. <laughs> my kids will tell you, my text is, I don't know where they're from. They try to read them. They don't make no, they, they say, what are you talking about? <laughs> so there's no way I can put fancy words together. But I know one thing. I can't say, Lord, let me be next. <laughs> After all, God wants to heal you a thousand times more than you want to be healed. Amen. Amen. You were silently praying. He let me know your prayer. You said, Lord, let him call me next. Let this be my time. That's right. Yeah, you had a nervous breakdown, haven't you? That's right. And you know, you're not from this country. You're from a place I can spell the city. U-T-I-C, Michigan. U-T-I-C-A, Michigan. Huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> Thank you. Utica, Michigan. I don't know where it is, but God does. All right, now, you can return home. Your breakdown's over. Your faith has made you well. One more. Sir, you've been praying with your head down. You believe he heard you? You do? Leroy? I'm talking to you, Leroy Carl. You're from Midland, Pennsylvania, aren't you? I've never seen you in my life, never known of you, but you're suffering with a rupture and you were praying for Christ to heal you. If that's right, raise your hand. All right, go home and receive what you asked for. You touched him. Amen. Don't get scared of him knowing names. He knows who you are. He certainly does.
Leroy! Leroy Carl! I'm talking to you, Leroy. Yeah, from Midland, Pennsylvania. You touched him. He heard you. He knows my name. Amen. Before we close here, a few years ago, for the grace of God only. I was preaching a meeting in Cottonwood. That morning I woke up, I had such a sick headache. I had one of them headaches that you sweat when it hurts so bad. The lights flash, you know, every so often I don't get too many of them, but when I do, it's usually a good one. And I had one that morning and I had to preach. I was so sick. I raised up and put one leg in my britches. I had to lay back on the bed until the room started to stop spinning and get up and put the other one on to raise up to go preach. Brother Dale Smith was in a meeting and he called me and said, hey, you want to go get some coffee? I said, Brother Dale, man, I'm so sick. Next thing is a knock come at the door, open the door, is Brother Dale Smith. He laid hands on me, prayed for me. I went that morning and preached. When the meeting was over, they was going up to Flagstaff to have a little fellowship. And I told him, I said, I'll be up in a little bit. So I went back to my room, laid down, tried to sleep about 10 minutes. After I preached, it had eased off, but after about 30, 40 minutes after service, it started coming back on me. But it wasn't as bad. So I got up and was just homesick. I missed my family, missed my wife, my girls. And I got in the car and headed to, you ever been out in that country, you go from Cottonwood, there's a little, I think it's 89A, if I remember right, Highway 89A goes up to Flagstaff through Sedona, beautiful, beautiful country. Yeah. Doctor told me the other day, he said, you need to go to dry country. I thought, I know just the place. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so we was going through there and I just got to one and I'll be honest with you, I was just a big baby. I got to crying. And I said, Lord, do you even know I'm out here? Am I even doing any good? Do you even know? I was just whining. And I saw a sign that said scenic overview, one mile. And I thought I would just pull in. So I pulled in and just those beautiful red mountains. How many knows what I'm talking about? I just love that country out there. And me and Brother Joel preached a meeting out there in Cottonwood not long ago. Had a great time together. And so I, I, I got out of the, I pulled up there and it looked like I hadn't been there in a year. They was co coffee, McDonald cups, everything laying everywhere and all growed up. And I thought, my goodness, they need to take care of this place. And there was a little concrete bench sitting there. So I get out of the car and I go sit on that bench and I'm looking at the mountains. And I begin to talk to the Lord again. I said, Lord, do you even know me? Do you even know I'm out here, Lord? Am I doing any good? <laughs> Maybe I should just go home, sit down. When I got done praying, I looked laying right beside me was a little silver. It's in my bag right now. I've got it with me. It was a little silver coin. And at first I thought it was stuck in the concrete, but when I touched it, it moved and I picked it up. And it said, before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee. And I set you apart for service. And one of my favorite scriptures is Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord. And I turned the coin on, and on the other side of it was Jeremiah 29, 11. The president don't know me. The mayor don't know me. The governor don't know me. 
but the one who at the moon of the stars. He knows our name. Leroy Carl! He knows your name. And for that, my brother and sister, we can say, thank you, Lord. Brother Harry, brother Scott. Psalms 101 says this, A psalm of praise, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pastor. Enter the gates with thanksgiving and do his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth for all generations. Father God, this morning, let me have an attitude of gratitude. To be thankful for all that the Lord has done for us. Amen. Do you love him this morning? Are you thankful this morning? I know we are. I know we are. But let's be more conscious of it. Sometime today, just pull off to the side. Step out on the back porch. Just say, Lord, I just want to thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord, for every time you heard me pray. I just want to thank you. For always being there When I was so down and down You came along Made me want to shout I just want to thank you, Lord Thank you, Lord Those of you sick this morning Why don't you just raise your hands Thank you I just want to thank you, Lord, for you. You go through a hard time, just raise your hands and thank you this morning. For always being there. Has it not always been there? When I was so
Thanks. 
Spirit came, Lord, I'm not the same. I just want to give you thanks. I want to say thanks. through great difficulties you know what I'd do if I was you I would just start thanking God amen, amen. thank him in the morning thank him in the noon just thank him just love him and thank him don't even look at the problem don't even look just just thank him for it he's our healer that little Christine over in Romania and her hip didn't dislocated her bone without a hip and came and wanted to said I want to get married who would marry me looking like this and I told her I said just just take this handkerchief and just just quit asking God for your healing just go thanking him wherever just thank him for your healing I said when he heals you send it back to me as a testimony in years a couple of years three years went by got an email from the sister she said brother I was in a meeting said I stood up said I want to thank God for healing my hip and she said when I said that my hip popped she said I dropped my crutch and I walked out of the church <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If he can do that for Christina, he can do it for Carl. He can do it for Becky. He can do it for Sue. He can do it for Daryl. Terry. He can do it for all of us. What a wonderful God we serve. Amen. Do you love him today? I like Thanksgiving. I enjoy it. Just to take a moment to say thank you. People do things for you. There's no way you can ever, can ever repay them. Sometimes thank you don't even seem adequate enough, but we can go to him, I'm sure. He understands. You say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for healing my wife. Thank you for restoring my marriage. Thank you for giving me a house of God to go to. Thank you for a godly pastor. Thank you for wonderful musicians. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Don't be ashamed to bow your head. When you go to a restaurant, don't be ashamed to bow your head and pray. Just remember, you're one in a million. Amen. God bless you. Let's just bow our heads and Trust we've not kept you too long. Lord, 
Lord, I just, I just want to say thank you. If I've not been mindful of it, Lord, forgive me, Lord, that I've not been thankful enough. But Lord, I look at what you've done. I just want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you for the privilege to serve you. Thank you for sending Elijah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Jessica. Thank you for giving her back to me, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for all, Lord, that you've done for us. Lord, as we go from this building, Lord, I, we understand, God. I believe the people are thankful, Lord, but just to remind us, to stir up our remembrance, Lord. Just to take a time during this season to once again say thank you, Lord. Father, those here that are afflicted today, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, may tomorrow at the rising of the sun be a turning point that the doctors would say, I don't understand. Lord, that that finger would move a little bit more, that that arm would move a little bit more, whatever it would be, Lord. Because you are our healer. And we thank you for the stripes on your back that we could be free. Go with your people now, Lord. Bless the remainder of their day. They go out and eat, Lord. Bless them, Lord, we pray. We just commit it into your hands for your glory, Lord. Be with our pastor, Brother Donnie, Lord, as he gets a few days of rest. God, just be with him, I pray. All those traveling, Lord, give them traveling grace. Those going up into the snow, I know Brother Arvin and Sister Martha heading back up into Appleton, Wisconsin. Got 12 inches of snow up there, I think, last night. Lord, just be with them, Lord. Protect them on the roadway. Others traveling, take them safely back home. Brother Josh and them back to Ohio, Lord. Oh, Father, we just love you. God, truly, I long. Maybe it's just because I'm getting older. I don't know, but more and more and more I long to sit at your feet, to sit around your table, to lay my head, to hear you breathe, Lord, to be home. Until that day, Lord, let us labor with all that's in us. And may we never forget to say thanks. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. God bless you, saints. You're dismissed to fear of the Lord. Do you love him? Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you today. Amen. Sing it again, brother. I love Brother Harry, don't you? Amen. Amen. All the musicians. We got second string, third string, fourth string. I'm last string, but they turn my mouth off when I sing. That's not fair. It's a blessing to you, but it ain't fair. God bless you. Thanks, up, Brother Harry. We want to say thanks, thanks. I give you thanks for all you've done. I'm blessed. My soul has found rest. Oh, Lord, I give you Simply carry on through life's toils and tests the worst.
and best like you've never left alone you're always right beside me you hear me when i pray since i first began you're my dearest friend for this i give you praise we want to say thank